This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Friday, April 30th, 2021, and my guest is the awesome Gadgets Boy, Hi, Tommy. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, can't complain. Uh, things are picking up slowly. Um, <laughs> still kind of busy, but yeah, it's getting back to normal, some sort of normal, <laughs> slowly. Nice. So the Samsung event, let's start with that because, you know, frankly, I'm a little bummed by what was going on there. Right. It seems a little, I don't know. I was expecting a phone. Were you expecting a phone? I mean... Initially, I was uh, when the rumors started circulating about um, a new fo- a new event coming out. Um, but then when I looked at the leaks about the timeline, about what um, they're, they're going to be announcing and stuff, I realized that it's not going to be phones, it's going to be laptops. Uh, so at that point, I was less disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you know, sadly, Samsung does not include me in any of their uh, briefings under embargo in the US. Right. So I didn't know what to expect, right? I, I was basically in for whatever surprise they were going to make at the event. So in my mind, I kind of had set myself on having, you know, some sort of folding phone. So I guess I was a little disappointed. <laughs> I don't want to say that because those laptops are pretty cool, right? Yeah, the laptops are pretty cool. Um, I think when it comes to laptop design and uh in that sense samsung are very good at creating good looking laptops and uh when they put their amoled displays on them it just makes it even much more attractive um i think where i was disappointed is when it comes to the actual specs uh that's underneath the actual slim body laptops that they, that they, they announced that's where i was a bit disappointed and i think i tweeted that um it was pricey and I, I got met with a lot of uh, a couple. Oh, did you? Yeah, a couple of people were like, "That's <laughs> not pricey for what it is." And I was just like, "Well, it depends who you're asking." I think for me, if I was to go on some of the uh, well, UK pricing, for example, is a lot, slightly bit more. Um, so they right. didn't get that for one. And then secondly, if I if I went on some of the reta- retailers' website here, I can get something that's slightly better for about the same price. So in my head, all you're paying for is the slim, portable laptop. Not nothing more. I mean, they're very light. They're they're surprisingly light, right? That's the thing that blew my mind the most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're very, very slim and light. So, I mean, do you think that, you know, also price-wise, you think that they're kind of trying to aim for the MacBook Air here? Is this like they're trying, you know, very Samsung, right? They're very much competing with Apple. Now they're going beyond the phone into the laptop. Do you feel that's what happens here? Um, I believe I think I don't even think they're thinking that. Um their marketing might be the market marketing department might be thinking well um we need to be competing in that space but i don't think that's what they're doing it i just think it's samsung it's time to release something so what can we release <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting too that they had an entire unpacked event just for laptops i don't think that's ever happened before i don't remember i don't remember it i don't remember that happening it's usually part as part of something else um because i remember vividly actually in berlin for ifa where they released uh, laptops, phones, and stuff like that. So it wasn't. It was never, in, to my recollection, it was never just a, a laptop show. Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've definitely had laptops announced at Unpacked before, but as part of something as else. As part right? of something else. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. as far as I recollect. I can recollect it. That's right. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're really good um, for the people that 
I, I can imagine they aimed at. It's a bit, well, actually the demographic that they're aiming at is quite confusing for me because I'm thinking, is it for the work people? So if you want to work on the go or is it for the creators? Because if it's for the creators, then it's not powerful enough essentially to do some of the stuff that we do. You might be able to run right. Photoshop and uh, Premiere, but you won't be able to edit Premiere, like 4K videos in Premiere. You won't be able to do that comfortably for XE graphics card that's in there. Um, but so I'm a bit confused. I don't know. Who's it aimed at? That's my question. I mean, <laughs> I think, first of all, let's talk. There's basically four, right? Well, four main devices. Yeah. There is the Galaxy Book, like yeah. the, the kind of the cheaper one. Mm hmm then these there's the gaming laptop right yeah the which is Odyssey. what is it called odyssey is odyssey is that that's one? right yeah. odyssey odyssey that's the one and then there is the galaxy book pro which comes in two flavors a laptop and a convertible right right and then those two the laptop and convertible pro come in two sizes right yeah is it 13 and 15 am i right correct okay so they're all priced slightly differently and to me i got the feeling that the the pros were not really competing with the MacBook Pro so much as competing with the MacBook Air. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but spec-wise, that's what it feels like to me, especially when we know what the M1 chip can do, right? Exactly. One could even say it's competing with a new iPad Pro with the M1 chip. Right, exactly. And then where do you put the the base model, like the, the Galaxy Book then? Is that just kind of like an even cheaper tier in your mind? Because there's nothing that Apple makes that's that, low end in my opinion yeah um does it have an amoled no it's only the pro right uh the pro has amoled um i'm looking at the specs right now um yeah me too i need to catch up <laughs> um because we look at so many so much products and specs and stuff so it's easy to mix them up um but yeah the pro has a amoled display and the x360 does as well because that's just a, a slight vari variance uh, in terms of spec Standard Galaxy Book that doesn't have doesn't have AMOLED. doesn't have one yet. Doesn't no. it? It's very very basic. I didn't think it would at that price point. Yeah, it's 1080p resolution. It's pretty affordable, actually. It is. Yeah, it's a TFT, so I guess. Yeah, yeah TFT monitor. I thought I read somewhere it was 800 US dollars. So the the cheapest one that they do um, is 679 euros I call, on, on, oh, yeah, on Samsung. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, on Samsung website. And that's with the i3, 256 gigabytes and eight gig of RAM uh, internal graphics. And it goes all the way to the uh, Intel Iris XE graphics with 1,149 euros um, yep. with LTE. You've also got the i7 processor, which I'm assuming the i7 one would be one that people that want to do a bit more would get. Yeah. Also interesting, did you see that the Pro has 5G as an option? Yes, I saw that as well. Um, Which I think is cool. I don't think there are too many laptops with 5G right now. Lenovo makes one. Yeah, I think Lenovo's heavily, heavily invested in that because they've been, I, I believe they were working with Qualcomm uh, to, to get their 5G chipset, the, Q, uh, the mobile processors in there. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a creative person like us and yeah. you want something with a little more horsepower and you are looking at getting a Galaxy Book of some kind. I think the Odyssey is the one you're looking at. Absolutely, yeah. You'd get that one. Right. Um, and then the, the, my, other thought, my other thought process during the whole thing was with the pandemic and stuff and no one's really traveling and mobile as we used to be, um, it's interesting that they're still heavily invested in creating these laptops. 
Yeah, well, I with think, 5G look, as well. I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't want to get into the Apple earnings because it's not really a topic that my audience is super excited about. I mean, this has been earnings week anyway, lots of interesting earnings. from that. But it's noticeable that Apple significantly increased their revenue on max this past you know quarter exactly yeah and that tells me that there's a bigger demand for laptops and i think a lot of that is driven by the pandemic but i also feel that people are rediscovering you know what it means to work on a computer rather than a tablet or a phone right yeah yeah but what what one one could then say that with with apple though they're they're macbooks they're very they're powerful enough to be your also your desk desktop once you're connected to external it's monitors. True. Yes. So I'm not I'm not uh too I'm not reading too much into that for Apple. <laughs> <laughs> it's others yeah. that are they like, well, are people gonna invest in this new Samsung Galaxy books when they're staying at home? But then again, that's me thinking from a creator creator's perspective. But for your office worker, this any of these laptops that they they announced would suffice. They would for sure. They would run Microsoft Word completely <laughs> comfortably on them. So that's not an issue. Um, but when you start thinking of us who are editing videos, that's when you start to think, well, would I ever buy one of these? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, the starting price, it looks like for the, for the Pro is $999 US dollars, which is right in line with the starting price of the MacBook Air. Air, yeah. And we've already established that the M1 MacBook Air would eat this thing's lunch, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. No matter how you spec it. Now, it wouldn't have 5G and it wouldn't have an AMOLED and it wouldn't be as light and it wouldn't be as thin. And that's about it, right? I'm not trying to be dismissive of what Samsung's achieved here because one of them weighs like... 800 grams or something like it's ridiculously light yeah they are they are super light i've, I've got a samsung laptop somewhere in my house uh, i can't remember the exact version i did a video on it and i remember picking taking it out of the packaging and i was just like i actually thought there was wow. nothing in the box yeah. until i took it out and i was super surprised how light those things are <laughs> so i'm i'm think i'm impressed with that and i'm always up for a good amoled panel same and i'm always up for 5g i mean it's a given that eventually we want laptops with 5G. So happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I think at the same time, I, I just don't think Intel is cutting it in that performance to power consumption ratio, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. And, and they seem to be doing too much to try and to convince people as well that they actually are. But instead of concentrating on that and running marketing ads, they need to concentrate on actually making those products that people want to buy that sells itself. Uh, that that's that's where I, that's the way that I see it, and uh, I, I want five G on a laptop, but that's pre pandemic. But right now, right, that's the right last, now you don't need it. That's the no. last thing on my mind. I'd rather use my Wi Fi yeah. at home and stuff. Um, if things do go back to normal, that when we can travel and stuff, then yeah, maybe that will become very useful. But again, sure. a lot of businesses are now they now have their staffs working from home, especially in the UK anyway. Uh, so again, I don't I don't know where the future what the future is for five G on laptops here. Yeah, I would say that for you and I who are kind of power users, having 5G on our phones is pretty much needed now. Yes. We want a phone with 5G because we change phones often enough. Absolutely. But I think that if you are, even me right now, I don't think I could justify 5G on a laptop, even if I was traveling, because yeah. I can always tether my phone, right? Exactly. And so it's not critical. No, no. And I also think no. it's one of those things where once Apple do it, that's when it will become a thing. <laughs> I know it's, it's sad to say, <laughs> but you know, until they do it, it's mm, 
<laughs> it's interesting you bring that up because on last week's show, we talked about the, the M1 iPad Pro and, of course, all the other Apple announcements. And, you know, my guest was Anshel, and we were talking about this, how here we now have an iPad with an M1 chip with 5G, right? Right. Like nothing is preventing Apple from putting 5G radios in their MacBooks. And yet, you know that they're, it's like, just like the touchscreen, they just don't want to do it, right? Yeah, like it's just, yeah. they really are creating this artificial rift. Yeah. I agree. It's interesting. I agree. <laughs> but, oh, well. I mean, look, I think this is interesting. I mean, I would have loved to be talking about a folding phone with you today. Even even if it hadn't been the Z Fold 3, even the Z Flip 2 would have been a very interesting topic. Yeah. But I think that we got to give Samsung some props for making some very sexy looking, at least the Pro Series laptops. And I think it's interesting. They've never, have they ever made a gaming laptop before? Uh, no. I mean, I don't follow laptops enough to know. Somebody no. maybe in Twitter can correct us, but... Yeah, I don't I don't think they have, but they've made gaming monitors. And... Uh, right. Yeah, So and they make a lot of components that you can put in your gaming PCs, like your storage uh, drives, like, you know, NVMe, SSDs and stuff like that. Um, they do that kind of stuff, but I don't think... I don't recollect them making gaming laptops. But you know, that's interesting though, because it means that if you are a big Samsung fan person and you want to get yourself a creator-type laptop, you can now buy this. Yes, yes. I, it can't underperform. I'm sure that thing is pretty good for editing video in Premiere. Yeah, it did well, depending you know? on which one you go for. <laughs> yeah, of course. So yeah, I mean, overall, do you have any other takeaways about this event? Like, I didn't even watch it, to be honest with you. It was too early in the morning for me, and I had a bunch of other things to deal with that day. So I, I kind of like waited for the, the news to roll in basically. Yeah. You know? um, but did you watch it at all? I watched I watched a little bit of it. Um, it was very glossy as always, uh, typical Samsung. <laughs> um, but I think, I think the takeaway from me is just that it's just a filler at the moment to keep us, yeah. to keep us interested uh, until the actual bits that we're interested in. But yeah. me, whenever there's an event, I always just scan through Twitter to see what the kind of buzz it gets and there yeah. wasn't a lot of buzz it was just mainly bit, mainly in our community just it's announced that was it there wasn't much discussion going there weren't that many discussions going on the way apple's m1 ipad pro generated a lot of discussions around what's coming or even air tags you know so <laughs> yeah you know it's funny because as i did not get briefed i did not know what to expect and then i looked at the news and i saw these samsung laptops being you know clearly an embargo had lifted and i'm like that's interesting that they would an embargo for their laptops before the big event happens and in my head i hadn't actually done the math that the event had already happened like right. <laughs> i thought because i had confused the time zones i thought i was going to be able to watch it still maybe yeah yeah and so i'm like oh look it hasn't happened yet maybe i was wrong about the time so i started watching right and then <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, that's the laptops they just talked about. Talked I'm about, like, yeah. oh, right, that's the event. That's why I'm not seeing any buzz because you're right, I did not see much buzz at all. No, no. I mean, people didn't really care, I, did they? I, I, don't know what, I don't know what it was because like even here, I think only a few people had the hands-on briefing with them. I didn't. Um, so when I saw, when I went on YouTube, there was only like few videos that were on there right. compared to say when the air tags got sent out my feed yeah. my subscription box everyone was had air tags yeah yeah, yeah. so 
I think I I don't know I, I don't know what to make of it, but yeah, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Do they usually invite you to their briefings and pre-briefs and stuff? Yeah, for mobile phones. Um, yeah, for which, phones. Yeah, for, yeah. for mobile like tablets and mobile phones. Because um, I've never really covered laptops uh, as big yeah. as your tech chat would cover laptops, for example. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. So you reviewed a laptop as well recently, the Huawei MateBook. X Pro, Pro That's 2021 correct. edition. Yeah. I think I have the 2018 model. Right. I have the second gen one, whichever, you know, yeah, they did yeah. one, I think it was 17. They did another one in 18 or 19. I can't remember. I can't remember the timeline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's be methodical about this. P40 Pro came out in 2020 during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. P30 Pro came out in 2019. Right. And I think it's the one that was released earlier that year that I have. So it's the 19 edition. Gotcha. Is that, is that one, did you pick that one up at uh, MWC? Yes, that's right. Yeah, they so gave that's, it to that's me correct. at MWC. That's correct then, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's the one I have still. And I love that laptop. I, have, I cannot lie. I mean, if I have to go to a Windows laptop, that is my go-to, go-to even still now, two years later. So you played with the latest one. How different is it? Is it just more specs or what is it? Um, they've just got like you've tweaked it uh, in some in some ways. So the design itself is still the same. So there's nothing different really. Uh, it's so a good got, design. I mean, it's very copycat, right? But it's it's copycat, but I think it's a good copycat. Um, yes, it, it's not it's not necessarily necessarily a bad thing if you do it properly. Um, I still don't like the big logo on the back. I think they should have stuck to the old style before they put the writing on it. But that's preferential. Um, I do agree with you, actually. Yeah, yeah, you still got the recessed webcam, which still looks up your chin when you're using it. Um, <laughs> you've got the. It's a bit weird. Yeah, you still got the fingerprint sensor on it that's integrated in the power button as well. Um, it's still got the same ports and stuff, same sound system. But I think a couple of things that's different is, for example, the touchpad as a free touch they call it, which is meant to be like the Apple's. Um, Oh, what, what, haptics. haptics. So it yeah. doesn't actually physically click, right? That's what it's meant to be. But for me, I didn't really feel any difference. If that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. Um, because I, I, I suppose their aim is to create it in a way that it feels like your usual trackpad. Uh, so that's fine. And you know, Apple achieved that. I don't know if you when you if you were there when they switched. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't. I couldn't tell. Like I got my first my first MacBook with it was the 12 inch MacBook, mm-hmm. and it was uncanny. I was like. I had to turn it off to see yeah, you know, when, when it goes to dead. actually <laughs> touch it and to realize, oh my God, there is no clicky. Yeah, yeah. But when it was on, you couldn't tell. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. When you put it that way, I think Huawei's done a good job with it. Um, so that's good. Um, and then one, one thing that really irked me was they've moved away from NVIDIA uh, chips oh, and no. graphics. They've, they've used um, Intel XE, um, Iris XE graphics in there, which... Before, I was able to squeeze through, say, Forza Horizon 4 on the previous version, but this one right. wouldn't even load. Like, it just spins out and it crashes. So I think you still be able to edit videos, like HD videos in Premiere on it. No problem. But That's a step backwards. That's as far I mean, as it goes. That was one of the things that made that laptop so incredible. Right, right. Was the discrete graphics, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I mean, they weren't top-notch discrete graphics, but no. they were still discrete graphics. Yeah, it was really good. The, pre- the previous edition, I remember putting a video Damn. up and uh, it was me playing Forza on it. And a few people were asking me that, wow, is he actually playing Forza? And I was like, yeah, like 
comfortably. <laughs> but now you, you can't do anything. And then I pushed it. I tried to play Cyberpunk. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, I thought, <laughs> let, me just, let me just see what it does. <laughs> and it came up saying it's flatlined. I was like, oh, that's a new one. <laughs> so what gen, is this a 11th gen Intel or what is it? 11th running? gen, 11th gen um, i7 yeah. uh, processor. So at least they went for the you're pretty much the best mobile processor they have today right correct correct yeah okay good yeah. i but think the I graphics think, yeah. mm. i think overall as a package is really good like it's a good laptop what's the price point is it similar to the previous or is it cheaper that's a good question this is 1599 pounds in the uk um i can't remember how much the previous one was i feel like the previous was like 14 on 14.99 or something like that so maybe this so is very similar yeah so around, around about the same just okay. slightly slightly more but yeah. I mean, I don't see them changing the pricing too much, honestly. No, no, no. Right? I mean, that wouldn't make much sense. Well, you do, you do get decent package for, for that price. It's 16 gig RAM and one terabyte uh, SSD storage in there. And Huawei are quite good with bundling other, other things with it as well. So I think I'm looking on the website right now. You've got free gifts that you can pick, like Huawei Sound X Black. Um, you can pick a backpack. You've got Bluetooth mouse that you can pick with it as well. Um, or you can bundle it up with like the FreeBuds Pro or I didn't know. Oh, of course. So when I was looking <laughs> at this, I found out that Huawei actually did external displays as well, which is quite interesting. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah I didn't know huh. it until I was looking at this, uh, looking at the bundle that you can get. They do a full HD uh, display, external display that you can get, a 23 inch, 23.8 inch uh, display that you can buy. Amazing. You know... I like Huawei products a lot. I have a lot of them, but it's because I'm a journalist and they send me stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in a different place than I am. Obviously, in the US, we don't have a lot of Huawei devices in the wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of them I sold. The laptops are sold. The the fitness bands are sold. But how is it in the UK? Do you actually have you actually seen a Huawei laptop in the wild yet? That's a great question. Actually, no. I've never seen anyone use a Huawei laptop apart from another media. Exactly. I was going to say, apart from us, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, it's sad, I feel, because they're such good laptops. Yeah, they're great. Uh, John, who you've met, he, he uses the um, MateBook 13, I think, not even a Pro. Like, he uses that. Wow. He uses that every day. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, okay. I, you know, I wanted to talk about it simply because, you know, I'm going to link your video in the show notes. Thank you. you. You made this great video. So, you know, I was like, look, we're going to talk about laptops. I think we can only talk about Samsung laptops for so long before <laughs> yeah. we run out of things, things to talk to say, about. Yeah. <laughs> so let's add some filler, but some good filler. Like, you know, I don't know. I think I wouldn't be surprised if, even though my audience is tech savvy, that some of them don't know that Huawei makes laptops. Yeah, great laptops. Too. So, <laughs> yeah. And they also had the Huawei MateBook X yeah. non-pro. And I have one of those, but I think that one is from 2018, uh, the year before, I yeah, think. Before, yeah, the, yeah. The they, one yeah. we got at MWC. Yeah, that rings bells. Yeah. I haven't, I don't and keep... it's interesting because it's not that much smaller, but of course it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have discrete graphics. No. Nah. And it has, it has a traditional standard webcam, which in a way is better. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a, yeah. 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 So yeah, and I don't think I've ever used, they have another series. I think they're just called MateBook, not X. And I think those are the cheaper ones. Yeah, yeah. So they do MateBook 13, uh, which I said John's using, um, but it's, so that one's 899. 
So you say right. you, you you say it's cheap, but you actually get decent processor well, in there. You get 10th gen i7, <laughs> you get MX50 GPUs. I mean, G4s. cheaper than the pros. Yeah, is what I'm cheap, saying. Yeah, cheap. All yeah. oh, right, gotcha. Yeah, it's cheaper than the pro. Way much cheaper. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, so in terms of other news, we have a bunch of phone news to talk about. Yeah. But before we jump into it's a bunch of India and China news. It's actually very interesting because it's it's another one of those Xiaomi is ruling the world kind of you know, topics, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I, th- I really, actually, maybe this is topical because we just talked about Huawei and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Do you feel that as Huawei is struggling with, you know, the restrictions that the U S is imposing on it for chips and all that, do you feel that Xiaomi is just kind of eating their lunch? Like basically trying to become the next Huawei when it comes to phones, because it feels like that to me. I don't know what it's like with you and PR for Xiaomi in the UK, but PR for Xiaomi here, they are flooding creators, podcasters, journalists with devices right now. Like pretty much I can get anything in their portfolio by just lifting my finger right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the same. It's more or less the same here. Um, every device that comes out, they they reach out to say, do, do you want to review this? Do you want to review that? So. Yeah, there's there's a new device every week. If yeah, feels what like to feels me. like every every other week, there's another phone. They to, yeah. just sent me a Mi 11i. Right, right. And you know how good Xiaomi is at part spinning, right? You yeah. know how mixing and matching parts from different things. The Mi 11i is the same as the Poco F3. Gotcha. But with a Snapdragon 888 and a 108 megapixel camera. Interesting. Same <laughs> chassis. Same camera pod, same size, same battery. Everything is identical, except you get, instead of an 870, you get an 888. (laughs) And instead of a 48 megapixel camera, you get a 108. Right. It's crazy. (laughs) And they say, do you want one? Tell me, I I can't say no to these things. Like, they have terrible impulse control. So I said yes, and says now I have yet another Xiaomi phone that's just a variation on the Poco F3 I've been using for a few. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I like their, I like some of their phones. I think the the M. Oh, they're great. Yeah, the Mi, yeah. the Mi Ultra 11. I had a, I had a go on it uh, not too long ago, and it's actually it feels solid. It feels like a proper premium device. Oh, um, it's amazing. It's got yeah. some shortcomings here and there, like it gets really hot and. Um, it, it does. The, the user, user interface is still not there in terms of even when you go into camera. But that's, that's yeah. MIUI is is an acquired taste. It's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Like when you when you go into camera settings and you're trying to use the 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 screen on the back, there's no simple way of doing it, and you can only shoot on that with uh, in certain mode and stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, they need to refine that because a lot of people yeah. that are using that would want a very smooth way of just tapping a button and flipping it over and it's there you know like you yeah do you're right Z4 it's hidden too. in the menus right yeah, yeah, yeah you don't even know where to go for it exactly exactly yeah, um yeah. but other than that i think hardware i think it, it shows that they've just mixed match different you know different things and then try to make their software patch it all together into one into one but you know i've been using their phones for a while now and i would say the last two years miui has completely drastically improved, improved like, yeah do you remember when the quick settings were at the bottom and you had to swipe up like the iPhone. Yeah, 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 I do. That's like, yeah. I mean, that's not that long ago. That's when they were still copying Apple. <laughs> 
I know, and then they finally they're finally coming to the senses. And I have a feeling that give them another year, mm-hmm. and they're going to be a lot more like Samsung, you know. And then, and Samsung itself is a lot closer to Oxygen OS, which is a lot closer to Google Pixel, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think we're getting there. I want to give them credit though for for improving drastically. But the hardware has always been on point. Yeah. And I just actually like a few a couple of hours before we recorded this podcast, finally published my Mi Eleven Ultra unboxing video mm-hmm. on my YouTube and I'll link it in the show notes. And I've been using that phone since early April and nice. it's incredibly good. As you said, it does get a bit warm, especially if you're gaming. And also I have to say that Xiaomi's imaging expertise has gotten extremely good over the years. Yeah, But I feel that on the Mi 11 Ultra, they still need some fine tuning. I was expecting more of that GN2 50 megapixel sensor. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's good, but I felt like with the size of the pixels and the size of the sensor and all that, I was hoping for even better. Like I was thinking more in line with the Huawei P40 Pro Plus or P40 Pro, you know, yeah, for yeah. low light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it's RGB, it's not RYYB, I think it just can't compete. Right, right. It's. I think with things like that, though, is um, you, you, have the send, you, have the, you have the hardware that's capable of doing all sorts. And then I think... If you're not Google or Huawei, who spends a lot of time refining the processing part of it, then you can tell straight away as soon as you start taking pictures with them, uh, because you're like, well, this is 50 megapixel, but it doesn't feel like a 50 megapixel right now. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, for me, it was more like, yeah, I was expecting just better low light performance yeah. because of the size of the sensor. sensor yeah. I mean, everything else about it, I think that having two 48 megapixel sensors, especially Sony IMX586, which is a very well-known and well-tuned sensor now mm-hmm. as the telephoto and the ultrawide, that that pays off, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen the results of what, like, say, the Vivo X60 Pro Plus can do yeah, with the yeah. GN2 sensor, and I feel that they're doing a better job than Xiaomi is. Right. So, you know, I still think a bit of fine-tuning there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it did, it did take, what, two generations before Samsung themselves were as able to master the 108 megapixel sensor, right? Yeah. The S20 Ultra last year wasn't that great. It was awful. And then the S, the Note 20 Ultra finally fixed a lot of that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I was saying, it's all in the software, and, and when, once, you, once you can refine it and actually learn from what people are telling you, and actually make, this is why Pixel phones do really great because they use Google Photos to feed the algorithms. Exactly. To know yeah. what people are taking, to know what good photos look like. So they can do that, listening to people without asking. <laughs> but, um, but Samsung could do that because people are constantly, people like us are constantly telling them what, what they should be doing. So it looks like yep. they're finally yep. listening. So that's good. It's sneaky, but it's great. I mean, the end result, like machine learning only works when you can feed it data, right? That's, and that's it. where Google wins. Yeah, right? that's it. For sure. And I think Apple has an edge there too because they have iCloud. Yeah. And people store their photos in iCloud a lot. That's right. right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but since we started talking about Xiaomi, um, I want to talk quickly about this Redmi K40 Gaming Edition. Yeah. It's China only right now. Yeah. But it's very interesting because it's kind of like a mid range price gaming phone. Mm hmm. Uh, with a MediaTek Dimensity 1200. So think of the Redmi K40, which is a Snapdragon 870 powered phone. Think of that, but now make think of that as a gaming phone with a MediaTek Dimensity 1200. That's basically what they did. Yeah, yeah. And I think props to MediaTek. I think just like 
right? You're, just like Xiaomi is going hard right now, trying to release phones and stuff like that. I feel I feel like MediaTek have just come out of the woodworks and said, look, we are actually we actually make processing chips, even though they've been making it for like how many years, but no one knew about them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now they've doubled down on making loads of different uh, processors, and I think you were there in San Francisco, and you can tell that these guys are serious about what they're doing. Yep. And I think the Dimensity 1200 is actually a really good processor. Yeah, so, I agree. So I sure. they've, they've, and they've picked the right partner in this sense because these guys can actually work with them and tweak on both, both sides. So Xiaomi can, can tweak software side, MediaTek can improve on what they learn from this for the next chipset. Um, but I think this, this Red, Redmi K40 is actually a really good package. 120 hertz refresh rate, uh, really, and the price three hundred nine dollars for the base model. Ridiculous, a ridiculous <laughs> price. Um, you can see where yeah. you can see where they've sort of compromised a little bit. Like you've got full HD plus display. Uh, it's a Gorilla Glass Five screen. Uh, sorry, glass on the front. Um, trying to think what else. It's one hundred twenty hertz, which is nice. Yeah, what's the touch resampling rate? Do we know? Four four eighty. Four eighty, which is touch which that's that's a lot. Um, but you can tell this is geared towards that gaming definitely a gaming device even down to them having a jbl 67 watt fast charging they yeah. only have that on the mi 11 ultra That's, right now there you go so it's got everything for gaming so the gpu's there which is the latest g77 mc9 um you've got big battery fast charging you've got jbl tuned stereo speakers so they, they care about sound as well so yep. the area that i know that this will this will fail really with the camera but that's not who he's aimed at. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it depends because, again, Xiaomi has gotten pretty good at imaging lately. And that's, if it's the same 64 megapixel we saw, say, on the Poco X3 NFC or some of the Xiaomi, the Mi 10 series phones last year, it's actually mm. not a bad setup. I mean, it's not going to be great, but it's yeah. going to be good enough, I think. It's going to definitely be like just below the flagships in terms of imaging you know yeah 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 yeah. i mean that, that's not to say yeah I, I agree you'll still take good pictures that you can save and share on social media if you wish to do so um and so i was saying like you know for the price point and people that is aimed at that's more than that's more than enough i think that they'll be fine but with you it. know what's got me the most excited about this phone the, some of the colors like the yellow is really cool but yeah. the triggers on it are mechanically they pop out so there's little sliders right and you slide them and they unlatch these buttons that raise, I'm pretty sure it's purely mechanical. There's no electric motor like on the Legion, you know, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Le- the, yeah, the, the, the what is it called? The, the Novo gaming Lenovo, phones yeah, where yeah. The, the triggers lift out. This this is the same idea, but it's purely spring-loaded, right? Like you slide the little thing and thing pops out and That's you have amazing. a clicky click. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, this must be like fidget spinner satisfying to click <laughs> these things open, you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, once you go shoulder buttons on a phone for gaming, nothing else competes. Like, you're going to get on any other phone and you'll feel the difference. It's going to feel like a lag, especially yeah. if they're physically clickable buttons. Yeah. I agree. Like, I feel like some, you know, Red Magic has the capacitive ones and I think it's okay, but it doesn't ever feel quite right. No, it doesn't give you the same satisfaction. Absolutely not. No. 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 What's Asus doing with the ROG phone now? Is that is it physical now, or do they still do capacitive? I'm not sure because I've I've never. Fun fact: I've never used a, any ROG phones at all. I only got the first one, and then they, they haven't sent me anything since then. Probably because I didn't like it enough, or something. Right, right. I, I went to their launch event <laughs> for the first one, I think, but then I followed up with 
can I have one to review, but I'm still waiting till Saturday. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, exactly never... what happened with me. I asked for the second one. They were never able to send me one. Then it became irrelevant. And then yeah, the third one, I didn't even bother because I was like, look, I mean, it's cool. But then the five came out, which is you know, the fourth one. Yeah. And I just was like, nah, I don't have time. Like, I can't do all the phones, you know? No, no, that's, that's where I'm at with phones. There's so many phones right now picking... I have to pick wisely. I have to pick and choose the ones that I think I want to, like even the Xiaomi Mi, Mi 11 Ultra, I wanted to review that, but they uh, they took so long that by the time they said, oh, we've got one, but it's not even in the box. I was like, well, nah, it's okay. <laughs> it's, too, yeah. it's a bit too yeah. late for my audience now. They've they've seen it all. Yeah, that's <laughs> the challenge, right? Yeah. I still like to get my hands on them because it gives me a point of reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was very clear with them. I say, look, I'm not sure I'll be able to actually create content around this, but I'd love to try it out to get a, perspective on it yeah and usually smart pr people are okay with that right i was gonna so, say uh, what was the reply because uh the problem here is if you if i get that phone in on based on the same thing of as a point of reference they'll be expecting a review from it which yeah I just, well i, just, I guess yeah. you know having been a journalist for a long time and having you know i worked i used to work at engadget and you know I've, i'm always very transparent with my pr contacts about my intentions when i request to yeah. review it like if i know for sure i'm going to be reviewing it i will tell them if i think it might get some mention in the podcast then i'm telling them that right like yeah that's fair and they can decide on their own what they want to do but i think smart pr people assuming they have availability of devices will send them to you anyway because they know that it's a long tail game right yeah. it's a matter of like if I can get the Mi 11 Ultra, which I did, even if I didn't get it in time, I didn't get it in time. But it's nice because now I have a point of reference. I know how it how it competes, how it places versus the S21 Ultra versus the P40 Pro Plus. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. so for me, it's, as somebody really passionate about imaging, it's really important, even though it's hard for me to justify a review right now. Yeah, that's fair. That's because fair. timing. Yeah. But I still am glad they sent me one because I'm still putting some photos on Instagram and I'm still like, you know, talking about it with you right now on the podcast. You yeah, know? So I think, you know, some some PR people don't see the benefit and I'm like, okay. And some <laughs> others are just like, all right, you'll send it to you anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Xiaomi is very generous. As I said, I think they're really trying to get themselves out there. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of why I feel they're they're trying to take over the role of Huawei. And I think... Huawei used to be super generous on devices as well. They still are, but yeah. my point is that, you know, for a while that's how they got our attention in the US, especially the media, by being like, hey, we exist. You want the latest? And we'd say yes. And then they would send us a P40 Pro Plus and we'd be like, my God, this phone is incredible, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They're getting it's there. Interesting. They're getting there. I think more people are know more people know about the name Xiaomi now. So especially for in, this, sure. in this region. So it's working. So Remember how we talked about part spinning earlier? Okay, yeah. this is the thing about Xiaomi that's crazy. Xiaomi just launched two phones in India alongside the Mi 11 Ultra. Yeah. The Mi 11 Ultra for India is exactly the same as the Mi 11 Ultra for global or US or, sorry, UK, I mean, because there's no US model. But they launched two specialized quote-unquote phones for India, the Mi 11X and the Mi 11X Pro. Right. And guess what those two phones are identical to? in every way specs design the 11x yeah. is identical to the poco f3 i was gonna say yeah 
And the 11X Pro is identical to the Mi 11i that I'd mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. The Basically, the Poco F3 with a 888 chip mm-hmm. and a 108 megapixel sensor. Yeah. So this is the crazy thing about Xiaomi. It's like, there's so much overlap of everything, you know? Yeah. I think and it's I, mad. I don't know, if, and I think they don't care because they just want you to have no, no, their brand in, in in your hand. That's that's the main thing, and they've packed it with such high spec as well. I think with Snapdragon Triple Eight in there, like that's just top of the top. That's top of the line spec in in a, in a mean, phone that honestly, doesn't cost much. The only thing that distinguishes this phone, the Mi Eleven I or the Mi Eleven X Pro in India, uh, with say the Mi Eleven, the, the the normal flagship, is OIS on the camera and wireless charging. That's the only two differences. Gotcha, gotcha. Maybe there's one more difference. The 33-watt charging yes. versus 50-watt charging. And then maybe like the so, IP rating and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. But actually, ironically, the, the Mi 11 is an IP rated uh, and the, the Mi 11i is IP53. 53, yeah, yeah. And then they use Gorilla so, Glass 5. and Yeah, I think, oh, yeah, I think it's course. a good package and... The Mi 11X Pro has the 108 megapixel Samsung HM2 sensor, which is the same exactly. one in the uh, Realme phone. I think it was Realme 8 Pro that I, re- che- I, I reviewed not too long ago. And that that performed really well in terms of resolution. I, t- I actually compared it to the S21 yeah. Ultra and a lot of people just didn't believe it. Like, unfortunately, yeah. it, was a, it was a sponsored content, um, which made people even thought, People thought, actually, wait, this is this is lies. I was like, no, they. I've <laughs> no. uploaded them to Flickr. If you want to check the EXIF data and check it out yourself, pixel peak, help yourself. But the 108 megapixel yep. HM2 yep. on there is incredible. <laughs> uh, it's been my experience as well, to be honest. For me, I have the Realme 8 Pro as well, but the one that really impressed me is the Redmi Note 10 Pro. Right, I haven't used that one. Which also has the Samsung HM2, HM2. in it. Okay. And I just reviewed that for geekspin.co. By the time the podcast is actually live, it will be probably on Geekspin. So check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes if it's up. Um, that phone is basically 80% of a Mi 11 for one third of the price. Wow. It's crazy. It's, it's got 120 hertz AMOLED, 1080p. It's got um, the 108 megapixel HM2 from Samsung without OIS, but still. It has the same macro, 5 megapixel autofocus, super macro as the Mi 11. It has 5,000 milliamp hour battery, 33 watt charging, headphone jack with a really good DAC, stereo speakers. Even though they're not Harman Carmen branded, they are sound pretty much identical to Mi 11. And the whole thing costs 280 US dollars. Now you're going to say, what did they cut out? Well, they cut out wireless charging, they cut out OIS on the main lens, and they cut out the processor. It's not a Snapdragon 888. It's a lowly Snapdragon 732G, Mm -hmm. 4G chip. But nonetheless, you you gain a couple of things. You gain a headphone jack and you gain an SD card slot. I think for that price, I just can't think of a phone that has better specs. Yeah, not not off the top of my head, no. <laughs> like the Realme 8 Pro came very close. Yeah. But the Realme 8 Pro doesn't have 120 hertz refresh. refresh rate. Yeah. And so to me, I think right now, if you want an affordable phone that really kicks ass, the Redmi Note 10 Pro 
in India it's called the Redmi Note 10 Pro Plus, is hard to beat. I, I really don't think you can do better than that. Yeah, yeah. What, what I do wonder though with all these releases and stuff is software updates and security patches, how long yeah. we love those for, because these guys are releasing these phones. So like, it's like, it's like, I can't even, I don't even know what analogy to use, but assume they're just flooding the market with so many devices that you start to worry that where, where, where is it going to go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the challenge, right? For yeah. me, I mean, I obviously keep my phones for a very short time, so I don't really have to worry about that. But I do know that it matters and I do try to care as much as I can. I think Xiaomi's gotten a little better with their updates, but it's not like OnePlus or even Samsung or Google where you know you're going to get two years, two Android versions, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, Xiaomi's doing some good things. There's no doubt about it. It's very impressive, frankly. But you know who's kind of learning from Xiaomi and it's kind of surprising me how the strategy's been changing? <laughs> so it's probably a different perspective for you in the UK, but in the US, your Moto obviously is a well-known brand, yeah. being originally an American brand, now owned by Lenovo, Motorola. The G series in this country is very popular, and especially in prepaid. And you probably know that the G series is also very popular in South America. Mm -hmm. I think that in Europe, you also have a bunch of G series now. Yeah, Mo Motorola used to be popular here um, years ago with their flip phones and stuff. Um, but I think right now they're not as as popular as it might be in the US. It's not a big deal here as such um, because they. What one thing I've one thing I've learned about Motorola devices here is for me anyway. Every time I've used one, is the spec doesn't match up with the experience that you get on it. Right. Um, yeah. So I think I had a phone that came the other day for an event they were doing, and as soon as I switched it on, it was just laggy. Like photo was photo app was laggy. Trying to take low light photography was just it's like using a potato to take a photo. Oh, their cameras are always crap. <laughs> so I was just I was just so disappointed that when the PR asked if I wanted to keep you for longer to review or anything, I was just like, no, like pick it up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, for me, they always have these good specs. Like the, I think the one you're going to talk about, the G60 and the G40 Fusion. Fusion. Yeah. They have large battery life. You know. Well, so I think this is what's interesting to me is like. Until now, the G series here in the US was always like underachieving, I felt. Like, you know, it was a very affordably priced, but it didn't try very hard to deliver much for the price. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. You know, like you'd see a phone costing $300 and it had a 60 hertz display and a mediocre camera and not enough RAM and, you know, full plastic build. And then you look at what Xiaomi's doing, which is the opposite end, right? That Redmi Note 10 Pro I just talked about and raved about. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not expecting Moto to be able to quite meet Xiaomi here, but I think they're realizing, they're learning that to be competitive, at least in India, they have to be spec monsters on paper and actually deliver a good experience. And I think the G60 and the G40 Fusion, I think this is a turning point. If you look at the specs and the price, they're going after Xiaomi. Yeah, yeah. But I think, like I said, for me, I'd need to use it to confirm whether this is actually worth right. the, pri the price yeah. or even get, not even the pricing yet, is the experience using it. Uh, because is it any good? Yeah, yeah, because for me, every time I've used a Motorola device, yes, they can shout about six thousand milliamp hour battery, one hundred and two megapixel, eight megapixel, megapixel sensor, etc. But is the user experience? Does it actually match up to those things that's in the hardware? 
uh, in yeah, terms of software yeah. and everything else. So that's but it is interesting the that they are they're actually giving the specs now that are competitive because yeah. until like this phone, this phone two months ago would have had a sixty hertz display and a forty eight megapixel camera. Right, right. You know what I'm saying yeah, for yeah, the yeah. same price. The same price. Yeah. So I think they're learning from Realme and Redmi. Yeah. To really deliver on the specs since India is so spec sensitive yeah right? they are they are so now hopefully they can actually follow through with this being a decent phone yeah i think for them also this their devices is always a phone that i'd buy for my mom because right. she doesn't care about the all singing and dancing she she's patient enough to wait for a lag or for her she hasn't used uh, an s21 ultra to 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 then go ah this doesn't feel the same do you know what i mean so yep. this is something yep. that i would buy for her <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so they look very similar. That you know, the 120 hertz display. Uh, I think those are LCDs, though. Big batteries, as you said, 6,000. Uh, Snapdragon 1732G, uh, 108 megapixel HM2 on the G60, and a 64 megapixel on the G40 Fusion. And yeah, I mean that's essentially it. The pricing is very aggressive, and that's very interesting because. Again, Motorola has always kind of underachieved in that sense. This is India, of course. Yeah. But in the US, they've always been a little too pricey, in my opinion, for what they <laughs> delivered. Right. Even when they delivered a decent experience, because unlike you, my experience with Motorphones for the US, the G series, is that they're not bad. They're, they're a good user experience, primarily because they're very stock in their Android mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they're smooth enough. It's just that they lack the kind of spec sheet you expect at that price point when you compare it to OnePlus or yeah. anything else, like, yeah. you know? But Moto's also learned to diversify their offerings on a per-market basis, so, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. They might be just aiming this purely at India. We'll never see these anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And they're going into, they're going into India where this Xiaomi <laughs> is dominating. Well, yeah, yeah and they be, have to be competitive. Yeah, yeah exactly. It'll, yeah, be, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how, what, what, how the performance turn out to be. For sure. Yeah. So the last thing we want to talk about today real quick is some of these Google Pixel 5a leaks that have been coming. Yes. So Google I.O. is coming up. I've been invited. I got my press pass. I mean, I, it's a Amazing. virtual event. It doesn't yeah. matter. But um, I'm looking forward to it, mostly because they always traditionally announce some sort of Pixel phone. Now, last year, COVID made things difficult, and we didn't get the Pixel 4a until August or whatever, July. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it was delayed a bit. But it's Google works in mysterious ways, and I do not want to predict what's going to happen. But I would love my my ideal would be that they launch a Pixel Five A like soon mm -hmm. uh, for for IO maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. the Pixel Four A and Four A Five G last year were some of my favorite phones. You know. Yeah, I think the the A the A series for me is always even they even though it's like it's meant to be like the budget version of the previous one so like you know 4a is like a it's, it's meant to be like a budget pixel 4 for example 5a is meant to be a budget pixel 5 but i think when you hold in hand and you actually use it for me i always feel like i'm still using a high-end phone because the performance are always good for some reason i don't know what sorcery google does to their phones but it's amazing they isn't just it? they just work really well because i remember using the pixel 4a and i was like if this thing had a bigger memory this would be my daily phone to actually use but Every time I use it, <laughs> it just run out of memory. So I was like, okay, got to go back to another yep. phone. Um, but no, they're really, really good devices. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, to seeing them bring it out. And 
I'm also looking forward to what software updates they're going to be doing because I think Google's software first for me um, because whatever they, whatever they put yep. in there will dictate what other manufacturers will be doing in the near future as well. Yeah. So the latest rumor, so we know obviously Google has confirmed that there's a 5.8 exists, yeah. but they didn't specify when it's coming. I'd like to see them come at I.O. or it because it's probably just one phone this year. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's clearly going to be a 5G phone. It's clearly going to have a Snapdragon 765G again, mm -hmm. which is a pretty solid chip to have. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not worried about that. Even if the cameras stay the same, you know what? I, in my ideal dream world, right. I would love to see an affordable Pixel, like an A-series Pixel mm -hmm. with wireless charging. <laughs> like, I don't care about water resistance, but wireless charging. Just if the 4A 5G last year's 4A 5G, had wireless charging. I think I, I might have switched that to my main phone. Interesting. Because for me, the Pixel 5 is too small. You yeah. Know? So <sighs> it's kind of crazy for me to say that, but I'm yeah. so used to wireless charging now for yeah. my own main phone that I can't live without it. I love the Pixel 5 size though. I think it's just the... Uh... I, I still use mine a lot. Is that is that your main phone? Uh, it's it's. <laughs> I don't have a main phone. I've I've multiple devices. No, I know we're yeah. we're on the same boat. Um, but if if you had to have a main phone, would that be your main? phone? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's memory size for me. It's it's it just runs it's out. It's funny because I guess see, I came from a Pixel Four XL, so I went from a Pixel Three. Well, I've done them all right, but I always had the XL. So I had right. a Pixel XL, Pixel Two XL, Pixel Three XL, Pixel Four XL, and then. I was like, I want a Pixel 5 XL. And, and there wasn't. Yeah, and yeah. the Pixel 4a 5G is the XL. It's the bigger one. Yeah, yeah. But uh doesn't have 90 hertz, doesn't have as much RAM. As we all know, it doesn't have wireless charging. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, the rumors here say that it's going to be 6.2 inch, so it's not going to be that big. Not yeah. So you're going to be happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, lo I love the size of that phone. Um, but one thing I know is, like, Google... I, I believe anyway they release products based on data so yes if they if they decided to cut out a bigger size device it's probably because they know based on their data that people prefer a smaller device you see, you see what i mean true so, but in the past they even did a 3a and a 3a xl remember yeah yeah but that's a, that's the beginning so the more <laughs> the more they feed their data the more they look at the data sorry and analyze them the more they know yeah. what their customers want um, that's that's one thing I know about Google. That's why. But I think in our bubble, we st we tend to be in this bubble where we think this is what we want and this is what everyone wants. So that's that's a, that's our that's our problem in a way, uh, yeah. double edged sword. But um, but I believe that Samsung. I mean Google, they do it for that reason because they looked at the data and that's what they want. Look how long it took them to introduce ultra wide angle lens after yeah, no, for sure debating for so long to say customers don't use wide-angle lens or something and then they changed that tune because google photos is full of ultra wide-angle photos from other manufacturers <laughs> yeah you know it's interesting because my biggest gripe about the four the pixel 4 and 4 xl with the telephoto was that the telephoto's color signs did not at all match the main, main camera, camera yeah. yeah and that was a problem for me because Usually I, I do a lot of my product photography, like product shots for yeah. Instagram and for my reviews, that my written reviews mm -hmm. for the various publications I write for. I use Pixel phones for my photos. Amazing. I've been writing about phones since 2005. Mm -hmm. And from the get-go, I decided early on to 
if I was going to be a mobile reporter to use mobile devices yeah, for the yeah. photography. So I went through all the pain of really bad low light and stuff back in the day or lack of autofocus and eventually graduated to a point where now, you know, all phones are pretty great for yeah. photography. But it still has its challenges. And one of the challenges is sometimes I want to do a close-up shot, right? Mm -mm, and mm -hmm. so on the Pixel 4 XL, it was great. There was a telephoto. But every time I would take it in the same setting, I would get completely different, different color <laughs> temperature. Like the white balance would be completely Off, different. Yeah. And so then I have to go, you know, and edit the photos, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I really wish, I really wish Google would do on the Pixel camera app, they used to have this feature, but they used to have a setting to manually set the white balance. Gotcha, like a, like a pro and, mode. Kind right, of and now I don't have that anymore. And yes, there are third-party apps I can install, but third-party app for cameras on on Android, as you know, do not take advantage of all the computational stuff and yeah. whatever, right? They just don't work that well. So for me, right now, I'm using a primarily a, a 4A 5G as my phone to take photos of other phones. Mm -hmm. And when I want to zoom in, I just use the 2X. Like I'm using a digital zoom on purpose and I accept the loss of quality, quality because I get the same color temperature. I get the match of the previous photo I took, you know, very closely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you. Um, like basically, I'm controlling my white balance right now by my controlling my environment lighting, right? Gotcha, yeah. And, and it works because if you are shooting in the same direction with the same kind of lighting, you get roughly the same white balance and it all it all works, all works out yeah. it's nice yeah but if you are shooting with two lenses that are radically different color science like the pixel 4xl used to even though it had a physically better telephoto right because it was mm. optical it just i was just so much work to edit it yeah and fix it yeah i agree i agree i think i'm with yeah. you there but um it's interesting the, i think the key thing there would for me would be again wireless charging would be nice to have um because just my my ecosystem, my home is set up to have wireless yeah, charging all over the place. <laughs> um, I absolutely love wireless charging. And I also miss micro SD card ex expansion. I know that's far ahead. Oh, okay. That's well, too no late. Pixel has ever had yeah, that. Yeah, that's, so that's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's, that would be on my ideal wish list kind of thing. But I, I also wish they improved the audio, the sound that comes out of them. Um, because I don't yeah. think they're that good. Um, it's it's basic. It's yeah. stereo, at least it's stereo, but it's not that great. No, no, yeah. Uh, considering they make good speaker systems in terms of Google Home Hub and stuff like that, they yeah. sound really good. You'd expect their phones to have a really good sound system as well. And Pixel Buds actually is actually one of my favorite. Um, they sound very good. Yeah, yeah. in ear headphones, I would have thought their phones would have a good sound sound quality as well. But yeah, it's very teeny. Sounds like I mean, nothing. I think you might want to wish that for the Pixel Six. Yeah, because I think the five the five A is probably going to be a cutting some Minor, corner somewhere. Yeah. But you know, this is something I'm glad you're touching on this the wireless charging thing because for me, this is the feature that I do not understand why manufacturers consider this to be a premium feature. Yeah. Like I understand that it is more expensive to add and on a budget device you have to make decisions about what gets cut out. I get that. And in that sense I understand why they don't put wireless charging, but I want a change of behavior to exist in the phone world where wireless charging becomes commonplace even in the mid-range, even in the low budget range. Like yeah. I would love to see that more prevalent and I want one of the manufacturers to start this. Like Samsung really has driven wireless charging 
card in the flagship segment and now it become very commonplace but look at how resistant oneplus was for the longest time right yeah yeah that's that's very true um and it's interesting that you say uh, that that as a premium feature because right right at the moment we're seeing a lot of 120 hertz refresh rate on displays exactly even on a 120 pound phone so you're like if that's not seen as a premium feature fe uh, feature sorry then it doesn't make sense that wireless this should be on the same same playing field right so wireless absolutely be, and that's should, why yeah. i want i want to see more wireless charging on affordable phones just just because yeah you know like i can live without an ip rating and i can live without a headphone jack i mean it's not ideal i like i still like wired audio a lot but i can live without it there's adapters and stuff but i feel like wireless charging is really impossible to add like you just can't you know nobody does a like even if you can somehow build like a you'd have to build a case you know like uh, the mophie cases for the yeah, iphone yeah. Extra, that yeah. has like a coil in it and yeah. then it becomes bulky, bulky and ugly yeah. and terrible yeah so i just feel like you know it's just such a small thing it's not that expensive as it, it could be a differentiator in the same way as as you said 120 hertz and 108 megapixel gm you know <laughs> hm2 sensors so, so, are. yeah you know, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll have to we'll speak see. to someone but who can tell if, us how much you it know, costs. If somebody them. could, if somebody could pull it off, it would be Google because it would be so Google-like to just say, "Oh, I'm going. We're going to put wireless charging wireless on charging. an affordable phone." Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting to speak to someone who can tell us how much it actually costs them as a manufacturer to put wireless True. charging in there, 120 hertz refresh, and what else? What else are they all using these days? 108 megapixel, high, high megapixel. Yeah, cameras. yeah. How much do those things cost? And and fast charging. And fast charging. So fast charging again. I wish every manufacturer have. It doesn't have oh to be God, ridiculous yes. like Huawei's top end one. 33 is my sweet spot. It's, give it's, us 30 it's or 33 so, watt. Yeah, I want a 15 minutes charge. It should give me enough to last me the day. I'm not worried. Yep, exactly. So 100 percent. So let's see what happens with that. I, I feel like maybe Google will surprise us because they they were early adopters of wireless charging. Yeah. The Nexus 4 had wireless charging. Yeah. So, you know, and you do you remember back when Nokia was doing uh, Windows phones still? Yeah. Almost every Nokia phone that time, whether there was a flagship or a mid-ranger, had wireless charging. It's It's crazy. You know, it's crazy that here we are 10 years later and yeah. it's still not popular. Yeah, yeah. I always think like Nokia were ahead of their ahead of its time in terms of the product. Even down to those tablet devices they were making back then, the 10, 15, 20, and 13, 20, I think oh, it was. Yeah, if you yeah, remember yeah. those when we went to Dubai. If you at Abu Dhabi, yeah, when yeah. they launched those devices. Oh my god, well, that was such a great yeah, event. Yeah. And I oh used to god. think these devices are amazing. If they were to launch that now. Those portfolio now obviously make them slicker and you know updated yeah. camera hardware and stuff and Android on it. They'll be they'll be they would have been fine, but yeah, it's just a shame. Those 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 were great devices. Even down to the we were talking about this AirTag. Our Nokia did their tracking device back in the I day. Oh yeah, back then. And that was yeah. not even a big deal. It was just an accessory. It was just uh, just in case. There you go. We make this as well. Yeah, they were they were ahead of ahead of their time. Oh man. <laughs> I remember Nokia World in Abu Dhabi. That was yeah, so that good. Was, that was an amazing trip. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, we should wrap it up. Do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet, Tommy? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me at Gadgets Boy. So G-A-D-G-E-T-S-B-O-Y uh, on every platform. Yeah, you should subscribe, follow and all like and all that good stuff. 
you have some great content and uh, hopefully uh, the folks that are listening here, if they don't know and don't follow you already, will follow you after this. Thank you. I really enjoy your content. I so. appreciate that. Thank you very much. And folks, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankerl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L on Twitter and on Instagram, as you know. It's like the comic book character Tankerl, but without the vowels. And uh, if you want to comment on this podcast, talk to Tommy and I, just uh, go on Twitter. And if you want to look at pretty pictures taken with phones and pretty pictures of phones, go to my Instagram. And then, uh, you know, there's a couple of YouTube channels that go along with this podcast. is youtube.com slash mobiletechpodcast, which is the main channel has all the unboxing videos and sometimes reviews and sometimes hands-ons although with the pandemic we haven't really had that many hands-ons but check it out it's some visual content to go alongside the audio of this podcast and then there is a new channel that my producer and i've been working on trying home automation travel gadgets things that are peripheral to the mobile world so we're just starting there and we need some more subscribers so youtube.com slash mobile tech more just go subscribe so we can get monetized and we're got a whole bunch of content in the pipe so stay tuned for that the podcast lives at mobiletechpodcast.com if you want to subscribe that would be wonderful we're on all the big platforms google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, pocket cast spotify everywhere good podcasts can be found if you use a podcast app that lets you rate or review the show please consider doing that for discoverability it really helps and uh, there's a donate link in the show notes if you can help financially go for it it uh, is a paypal button it's pretty straightforward just follow the link and then uh, finally i want to thank our sponsor audible audible has been with us since the early days of the show and they're a wonderful sponsor they have a great deal for you if you don't have audible yet and you want to get it you get a 30-day free trial you get to keep a free book at the end whether you stay or not and uh, the offer is at audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. If you're not familiar with Audible, they are the premier number one awesomest audiobook platform in the planet. They have an incredible selection of books. Some of them are read by the authors, which I really like. And then, you know, it's like if you like reading as much as I do, if you like a bookworm, it's like reading without having to use your eyes. It's just like you can close your eyes and listen and you get the same experience. It's the same epic long thing as reading a book. You can put it down after an hour or two and then get back to it later. It's totally awesome. So check out Audible. They're wonderful. You can help them and help us at the same time. AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech. And Tommy, thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. We'll definitely have you on again at some point. And folks, we'll have another show next week. So stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.